today on It's Time. And the Bible says you're not going to be able to buy or sell unless you have the mark, name, or number on your hand or on your forehead. I hear the calling, it's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, he's going verse by verse through the book of Revelation. So turn there in your Bible as we join Pastor Mike. God doesn't give us the tickets sometimes before knowing we'd probably lose it. But God gives us what we need when we need it. Always know that he will. That's why we have a God that supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows his time is short. I've shared this before, but I really genuinely believe this whole thing. The Bible says that God made man lower than the angels. I don't think that bothered Lucifer. I don't think that bothered the demons, the, 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 the angels. But then God says, I'm going to elevate human beings above the angels and call them my bride. I believe that is what probably didn't set well with the devil and didn't set well with the other angels. And there was the war that we find that goes on. And really, I believe the devil hates human beings. Look look at the drugs that have been invented to destroy your brain. I look at at the things that go on in the world. You know, uh, they say every time a person gets drunk, they kill like like, uh, five or 50 or 60,000 brain cells. And I've been around a lot of people, and I don't know how many they had when they started. So I would strongly suggest not killing any more of them little dudes. You need all you can get. And so when you look at that, you realize that that the devil has invented many ways of destroying human beings. And, And it isn't when you see somebody that has been involved in drugs, oh, how rich and beautiful their life is. Even the drug lords fear for their life every day because they know there may be another drug lord that's going to overrun them. This is one of the great problems with the mafias. That, that, that somebody else, you know, the, the, the one family will over outdo the other family. There's no peace in the world apart from Christ. And the devil just does this. Well, notice, he says that the devil knows he has a short time. Now, when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. So the devil wasn't done and isn't done with Israel. It's going to continue to persecute uh, the nation of Israel. That's one of the great fears that I have when I find the church at large persecuting Israel. When, well, God has nothing to do with Israel anymore. Be careful. That's what the devil's about. 
He's the one that says God's done with the nation of Israel. Don't find yourself getting your lot cast in with him. But the woman who gave, who was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she will be nourished for a time, times, and half a time from the presence of the serpent. Uh, Three and a half years again. And um, you'll find this uh, mentioned um, uh, in the Bible. It talks about this. uh, Many people believe it's the Red Rock City of Petra, a natural fortress. And this is where they run. And Jesus said, when you see the abomination which, uh, of desolation, which takes place. And this is where the Antichrist puts himself in the temple and declares to the world he's God. Many people believe this is about the same time that Satan then fills this uh, Antichrist. And that's when Jesus said, don't even go back in your house to get your coat. Just run for it. Run for the hills. So the serpent spewed water out of its mouth like a flood after the woman that might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the, dra- which the dragon had spewed out of its mouth. And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with her and the rest of her offsprings who kept the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. The devil is after the nation of Israel. That's why I will say this, no matter what anybody thinks about President Trump. He was a friend of Israel. He gave Israel, Jerusalem, uh, recognition of being their capital. And uh, I think that's pretty amazing when we realize that the last few presidents haven't been very strong enough. Even even, uh, um, Bill Clinton said that Israel, Jerusalem should be the capital of Israel, but no one ever did it. And so he's the one that did it. And uh, I I look at that today as a great fulfillment of prophecy as we ebb closer and closer to the last days. Then I stood on the sand of the sea. We think this is good, but you know, the sea is in the Bible generally not a good thing. It was pretty untamable. (laughs) Seas roaring and all that kind of stuff. And I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and his head a blasphemous name. We know that the head of this is going to be the Antichrist, and we find this contraption. Now, uh, again, uh, I want to be careful never to metaphorically speak about the book of Revelation unless it's very clearly that it's a metaphor, okay? So when the Bible says every living tree uh, is burnt up, I, I, I can understand that's a tree. When the Bible says every living thing in the sea dies, that's very obvious. It's every living thing in the sea dies. But when it says a beast rises up, I've never seen a beast like this. I don't think anybody else have. We have to realize it is a picture of something much bigger, a metaphor. And so he says, the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear. His mouth was like the mouth of a lion. And, uh, and, and let me reread this. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear. His mouth was like the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power, uh, his throne, and great authority. And by the way, the devil is who gives the Antichrist his power. Now, these are picture types of the first 
world-governing empires. We had the Babylonian Empire, we had the Neo-Persian Empire, and we had the Grecian Empire. He's saying that these are world-governing situations. They all had something to do. We remember going back, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, first king of the world, goes to bed. And in his dream, he dreamed something. He woke up in the morning. He couldn't remember what he dreamed, and it really bothered him. So he called all of his <clears throat> soothsayers and magicians and magic men in, and he said, I had a dream last night. I don't know what I dreamed, so you tell me what I dreamed and then tell me what it means. <laughs> and they said, nobody has ever asked anybody of such a thing as this. And Nebuchadnezzar said, well, you know, I'm paying you guys to be smart. And if you're not smart, off with your heads. And he was just getting ready to start executing people. And Daniel was told, and Daniel said, I'll go tell him what he dreamed and what it means. And he goes before Nebuchadnezzar and he says, the God of the world has revealed to me what you dreamed. What you saw in Nebuchadnezzar is you saw a great image. It was in a plane. And the image you saw had a head of gold, shoulders of silver, stomach of brass, legs of iron, and feet of iron and clay. He said, you, Nebuchadnezzar, are the head of gold. But your nation is going to be replaced by the shoulders of silver, the Medo-Persian Empire. The stomach of brass is the Grecian Empire, which will replace it. The legs of iron, the Roman Empire. And then the last world-governing empire will be the Ten Toes. And he said, those are different because it's mingled with iron and clay. Nebuchadnezzar was astounded. He said, that's what I dreamed. Nebuchadnezzar, rather than thanking God and repenting, he takes and makes an image. The image that he makes is a statue, all gold. I think Nebuchadnezzar probably thought that if I make it all gold, my, my kingdom will never end. And that's when he called for everybody to worship the image. And by the way, Nebuchadnezzar also was told by Daniel, oh, and Nebuchadnezzar, there's a giant rock that rolls out of the mountains, comes down and hits this multi-layered statue that you saw and smashes it to pieces and takes over everything. Well, that rock is Christ. We know that God eventually is going to smash the kingdoms of the world. Nebuchadnezzar builds his statue in the plain where there was no mountains around for any rocks to come rolling down, makes it all out of gold and tells everybody to worship it. And this is where the story of Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego come in, where they were cast in the fiery furnace when they wouldn't worship the golden statue. You see, God was after Nebuchadnezzar. He threw three into the fiery furnace. He said, no, there's a fourth one in there, like unto the Son of Man. How did he know what the Son of God looked like? I don't think that was the first encounter that Nebuchadnezzar had with God. But when we really begin to look at this first world governing empire, and by the way, I do believe that Nebuchadnezzar did accept God. 
I do believe that as you read his, his declaration concerning God, it looks like something King David wrote when he was in love with the Lord, that there's no gods above you and no gods like you and all these kinds of things. I expect to see Nebuchadnezzar in heaven someday. But here you find this world governing empire that's going to take over the world. And I saw one of its heads, verse 3, as it had been mortally wounded and his deadly wound was healed and all the world marveled after the beast. This is in Zechariah eleven seventeen. if you like to take notes. And this is talking about this evil shepherd that receives a head wound and it's like a mock resurrection and this Antichrist comes back to life. So there's going to be an assassination attempt on the Antichrist according to what the Bible says. And when he comes back to life, it says, so they worship the dragon. Now, this is weird. And many people, uh, I, I read commentaries uh, back when they were canonizing scripture, and they almost didn't canonize the book of Revelation because they believed it had an error in it. And the error was they worshiped the dragon. They didn't believe anybody consciously would be worshiping the devil. But yet today we find its popularity growing. We have our, in our own community here, we have the pagans. You'll go downtown and you'll see their incantations and their crystals, all the stuff of the underworld. Worshiping the devil has become quite in vogue. The Bible says that is one of the things that people will be doing during the tribulation period. They worship the dragon who gave authority to the beast and they worship the beast saying, who is like the beast and who is able to make war with him? Who, 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 who can fight against the Antichrist? This is the great guy. Now again, that's what we call him, the Antichrist. The world's going to call him the Messiah. Finally, a person that comes on the world scene to fix all the ecological problems and all the, the food problems and all the injustices and all these things. Well, this is what it's talking about. And it says that he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and he was given authority to continue for 42 months or three and a half years. Then he opened his mouth and blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. And it was granted to him to make war with the saints. Now it doesn't say the church, friends. It says make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. And all those who dwell on the earth will worship him and those names who have not been written in the book of life of the lamb who was slain from the foundations of the world. And by the way, something to always remember, not everybody's name is in the book of life. Um, how do you get your name in the book of life? You ask to get it in there. And then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth who had two horns and a lamb, looked like a lamb, but spoke like a dragon. And he exercises authority over the first beast, his, pre, his, his presence, and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Uh, again, this is the false prophet. So you have, you, you kind of have uh, this false prophet directing people to worship the beast. And he performs great signs and wonders. Even a fire comes down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. 
And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by the signs which was granted to him to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make, uh, to make an image of the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. And he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast. The image of the beast should both speak and cause many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand and on their foreheads. And no one may buy or sell except the one who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. And here is wisdom. He who has wisdom, let him count. Who has understanding, calculate the number of the beast, for it's the number of a man. His number is 666. Wow. You look at this. He says... That unless you have this mark on your hand or your forehead, you can't buy or sell. He controls all the commerce of the world. Wow. So he has, he has the worship system down. He has the economic system down. He has the religious system down. He has every single aspect of this world controlled. See, that's why freedom is pretty neat, friends. That's why government control of more and more of our lives is very scary to me because the Bible says that's the direction it's headed. Where you can't make the decisions you want to make because you are being controlled. You see, you have been given a great gift, freedom, in our country, but even more so in Christ. And I pray today that you understand that. There's going to be a guy that comes on the world scene who's going to control the heartland of the world. And the Bible says with that, you're not going to be able to buy or sell unless you have the mark, name, or number on your hand or on your forehead. Now, any group of people that come along and say the mark of the beast is worshiping on Sunday is flat out lying to you. They're not reading scripture. It very clearly says, no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. It is not a day you worship on. It is a mark on your hand or on your forehead, mimicking going back to chapter 7, where God puts the, his mark on the 144,000 Jews. Now Satan is marking his people, saying, these are mine. God's saying the 144,000 are mine. Battle lines are being drawn. So again, remember that. Anytime anybody, and this is one of the things I tell people, you don't like me, you don't want to accept Christ today, just one thing I want to tell you, never take the mark of the beast. You've sealed your doom. It's one of the only places in the Bible where you can seal your doom before you're dead. I believe up until a person, if he doesn't take the mark of the beast, if there's still breath in him, he can repent. If you're granted that option. Many people don't have that option as dying in a, with a heart attack or a car wreck, a lot of people say, well, I'll just wait till, you know, I'm ready to die and then I accept the Lord. You may not have that option to make that prayer. But I will tell you this, if you take the mark of the beast, you've decided you have signed away your right to go to heaven. Very, very clear what the Bible has to say. This uh, mark, we're going to find out more about it as we have angels flying through the midst of heaven telling people on the earth, don't take the mark. It's bad, bad, bad. 
In fact, the Bible says those that take the mark, a grievous sore breaks out on them. Maybe it's an implanted chip, or maybe it's in the ink and the tattoo that a card reader can read. Maybe it's like a, got a kind of a metal or something in it. Whatever it is, it says that this mark not only takes you out of heaven, but it causes great sores to break out on you. Weird stuff. Who had ever dreamed 2,000 years ago that we would have an economic world system of buying and selling with numbers. But friends, that's the way it is now. Very few people even carry cash. You know, you ever been in a parking lot and say, guy comes up and says, hey buddy, I got a dollar to buy a bum a cup of coffee. And you go, do you take Visa? I mean, it doesn't happen anymore. I mean, nobody carries cash. Well, it's the way it is. It's so much more convenient. You make your monthly statement, everything's taken care of. But the problem is somebody else can steal your card or they can hack into your computer and get your numbers. Imagine if they just could put the number on you, you wouldn't lose it then. It's going to make sense. That's the way the devil's going to sell it. Don't ever be fooled by it. People say, well, is it wrong to have a social security card number? No. If they try to tattoo the number on you, yes. Don't buy that chili. So again, when we look at this, we realize the world is headed for a one world economic system. It's going to be controlled by the Antichrist. It's going to control every single thing that goes on this world. And he's also, as we're going to get in pretty soon here, we're going to talk a little bit more about the uh, one world religion that's there. Where does that leave a person today? Well, you're either for Christ or you're against Christ. You either accepted him as your Savior or you rejected him. I pray today that you have recognized your need for him. And you know, the Bible says you're not going to do God's will unless you stop doing yours. So we have to say, okay, God, I repent of my foolish way of living. I'm going to live for you from now on. And you know, the Bible says if we'll do that, we'll accept what Jesus did for us. We pass from death into life. And the Bible says he gives us a brand new life because we have a brand new purpose. You can't have a new life without a new purpose. And so God gives us a new purpose. What's the purpose before we're saved? I want to do it my way. Frank Sinatra, okay? I did it my way. But when we become a Christian, we do it God's way. Because what God does carries an eternal reward. The things of this world, the things living for yourself, when you die, it's gone. All the hobbies you did... I use the illustration, and again, I'm astounded every time I see it. I go into a secondhand store, or I'll go into a yard sale, and here in the box, anything in box, 25 cents. And you look in there, and here's a trophy of some guy that ran some great sprint or whatever, and, and got shin splints and all those kinds of things, and his trophy is worth a quarter. Don't you want the accomplishments of your life to be worth more than a quarter in a box at a yard sale? Where God would look at you and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Be the ruler over many cities rather than here's your quarter. Everybody's living for something. What you living for? If you've not accepted Christ as your Savior, we're going to pray and you can ask the Lord to come in your life right now. You can pass from death unto life. It begins with a prayer. God will show you your whole life is goodness. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. 
And I invite you into my life today. Lord, I don't want to be left behind. I don't want to go through the things we're reading in this book. I want to be with you. So I repent of the foolish way I've lived. And I want my life to mean something in eternity. And so now I turn my life over to you. Write my name in your book of life. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. And his blood covered my sins. And so make me brand new. Heal me and restore me. and Lord, do all those things, God. Your word says you'll do. And thank you for filling me with your Holy Spirit. Giving me power to live for you each day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.